People get a little bit paralyzed. They go, oh, I want to do property development. Five years later, oh, I think I'm almost ready. Ten years later, ah. Oh. That if I'd have started seven years ago, maybe, but now no. It's these are all excuses. People, okay, people who I find really successful are willing to fail hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of times and millions of times. They're willing to. They're willing to have a go and something inside of them, the, the, it's like a muscle. Um, you, you'll fail and there'll be the guy like, okay, a brother-in-law or the cool guy at school, you know, will be like, <laughs> you failed and able to go, I'm going to do it again. Something inside them. They just go, you know what? Thank you, but I want to do it again. I'm going to try again. And they try again. And maybe they don't fail this time. And people go, and, you know, and then the people who are watching just kind of disappear. Then you learn no one actually cares because these people who are going, huh, you're doing this, huh. when even someone does succeed, they go, huh, I would have picked a different color Porsche, you know? Or when you build a massive house, they go, that's disgusting, you know? Italian ornate is just just horrible for the area, you know? Why didn't they do something Australiana? You build an Australiana house, uh, that's such a stupid Australiana house. Core 10 is like so acker. You're like copied Woods Marsh. And then you realize, hang on a second, you've got to, you've actually got to delete these people and just do your thing. You got to delete them. Just delete them, move on. Just, 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 just difficult when it's family because you can't delete them. You just got to like, hello, see you next Christmas. Hello, wish you all the best. But if you're able to remove yourself from bad company, you do. Because these guys are going to bag you if you fail, if you succeed. If you're doing nothing, if you're apathetic, if you're slow, if you're fast, that would bag you. So just, just remove yourself from that, which is great. And I've removed myself from people like that. It's so good. And then you find people who want to succeed and are trying better and they'll ring you and they'll be like, Martin, hey. I'm like, hey. And it's like, look, I really want to get this time I'm running a 5K. Um, you know, can we do a run this week? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how are you going to be able to do it in that time? It's like, I want to do this. It's like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. And then like you bounce off each other and you get into these really, 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 really healthy relationships and really, really, really healthy relationships. It's awesome. And you're with someone who's already successful and then, you know, you're saying I'm successful. Thanks. But we're just doing our thing and having the time of our lives. And things are smooth. I mean, I don't have to stress about getting tickets for the whole family to go to Venice next year. I don't have to stress about that. You know, I don't have to stress about worrying about accommodation. I don't have to stress about getting into an exhibition. I mean, it's, it's like it's... Things are kind of like in motion and, and moving and moving. Lots of little micro decisions from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. You're listening to another episode of Success with Purpose, where we hold conversations with the most holistically successful people we have the opportunity to connect with. We explore their journeys, their life-changing events, their perspectives, their mindset, and most importantly, their purpose. I'm Harry Goldberg, host interviewer and interrogator of this podcast, father of the most incredible daughter in the world, husband of an incredible woman, and director and empowerment coach at Purpose Advisory. Hope you enjoy this episode, and don't forget to subscribe and like below. Now, let's begin. So, Martin, welcome today. I feel welcome. Cool, I'm glad. Uh, so Martin, just to give a bit of background to everyone who's listening, because you're a really private kind of guy. If someone searches for Martin Budin online, they're going to find almost nothing. So maybe I'll give as much, as much of a background as I'm able to without exposing entirely who you are and saying all the things you don't want people to know. So wow. already I feel, I feel mysterious. <laughs> well, you are mysterious. That, that's what's so exciting about this. <laughs> so this is why I'm so excited, right? Because people should know Martin Budin. But few people have had the privilege. So here's what I know. You're my hype man. 
This is great. <laughs> if I ever go into private industry and work for someone else, can you write my resume? This is with, with, with pleasure, man. Writing it down. Writing it down. So here's what I know. Uh, you took over from an engineering company from your dad around 10 years ago. Uh, you took it to absolute next level as well. You built it to an incredibly effective small team, kind of small team, uh, but you're taking on really profitable, really big jobs, really impressive. And your kind of innovation really comes into it. And so now you've redefined yourself as a sculptor, an inventor, you're a fully fledged property developer, literally re-engineering properties. And most importantly, uh, I'd say you're one of the most loving husbands and proudest dads I've ever met. Wow. I thought there was someone in the room when we were having passionate embraces. Oh, Harry, you do your research like nobody. Good for you. <laughs> well, Martin, maybe we'll start we here. We didn't mind. My wife and I didn't mind. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're blushing. Uh, Harry, why are you blushing? Oh, to be in the fly in the wall in your house, Martin. That would be fun. <laughs> Tell me, Martin, how, how do you define success? What's success to you? Oh, wow. I've been thinking about this question because, you know, you, did, you, you gave me a heads up. You, um, you said you were going to ask this question and it's tricky because you've got to go back to, okay, okay. First principles, what is success? I think either you have an exceedingly low bar, like a low bar, like so low, as in not even alive or conscious, just like so low, like exceedingly low, which is a success. You wake up and you wake up and you're like, just say my, just say I woke up and my goal for the day, actually, if I had this as a goal, I wouldn't know what goals were, but just say I woke up in the morning and went, all I want to do is wake up, go downstairs. No, all I want to do is wake up, pat myself on the back and go back to go back to sleep. Okay. Then I think most people in the world would be able to do that, you know, like, like, I know, Martin, back to sleep. If, if that's my goal, I've done that every single day, my whole life, 100%. Fantastic. Okay. Or you're just a ninja. You, you're Roger Federer. You go, hmm, you know, success for me is world number one. Um, dominate the game. Basically, redefine what it means to be at a certain age and completely dominate and Roger Federer, just be a ninja. But I think most of the world are kind of somewhere in between, yeah? Well, it's it's interesting because now it sounds like you're defining like you're defining growth or you're defining success as just achieving goals. Is that how you define it? I actually I'm really struggling to define success. Okay. I really am. I'm struggling. I, I speaking of which, can I go sideways? I met this really interesting guy on Friday. Um, his name's Eustace. I went to the RMIT Masters Grad Show, which is pretty cool. I finished my um, Masters in Fine Art 2015. So I like to go back and see what's happening. And he blew this guy. Oh, it's, it's, it's not even his real name. So he did the whole art course as a pseudonym, which is just extra fascinating. Um, but it was it was just fascinating to hear just the, the rigor and the definition in contemporary art about what actually is success. I mean, this is a PhD thesis, like beyond. It's several. I mean, it's a whole ism. So, look, I, not not to get too caught up in all of that kind of stuff because I don't want to, you know, to be too. And I hate using the word esoteric, but you know, it, it really is. Um, I think most people are hopeful. Okay, so just dragging it back into practicality because I mean, uh, you know, you're, you're you're a practical guy. You know, you're a financial planner. Um, a lot of people are hopeful. Like people go, oh, I really hope, 
I really hope that, you know, my business doubles in revenue. I really hope that the profit increases. I really hope um, that my, you know, that, that I can run faster, which is very, very which is a very objective um, measure of success. You know, I want to be able to do a marathon in this time. Or I want to do a 5K in this time. I want to run a crazy adventure race in this time and not get injured, which is, which is a crazy success. People are just hopeful. Um, and people, people who have, this is what I'm which is what, like, I'm 41. I turned I, I turned 41 a couple of days ago, and in my short life, I've realised people who have a grinding mindset and who actually have a goal and they're dogged, and if they have a goal to do something in two years and it takes seven and they're willing to keep going, those people hit their goals, they hit their targets, and other people will look at them going, "Wow, they're successful," even though they go, "Man, that took me five years longer than I wanted it to. I want to go even harder, David Goggins." who I think has an amazing grinding mindset. And over the last two years, I've really been leaning into David Goggins because he doesn't give up. He does not give up. And I think that is a key ingredient for success. Whatever success is, I'm not, the, the jury's out for me. I haven't done my PhD thesis on definition and defining success, but I think a sprinkle of David Goggins is, is a good start. Yeah, that, that's definitely going to be an element to it, right? What about what about the other elements of it? Because like the David, if you just took on David Goggins mindset, then uh, oh, you'd you'd have broken knees. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I think that's the reason why there's only one David Goggins. <laughs> there's a reason for that because other people's bodies just can't handle that, right? Oh no, there's others. No, no, there's other David Goggins out there, but they're just you'll never meet them because they're like, doesn't matter, you know that we're out there and it's not about teaching people. He's got a special ability to teach people maybe that's an incredible element of success is to just be able to see that pain or that negativity which you need to go through as a way of and if you're able to embrace that and see it as a positive in your life then sure you can become more successful i'm not convinced that that that's necessarily an enjoyment of the journey he loved it when he went into kidney failure he talks about how that was one of my special times of his life being in the bath you know he's what what did he have he's um his, his, yeah, his kidneys went to failure. He was like, he, he talks about that very fondly as a, as a special time. As a, you know, but the, the people that I consider to be successful, which is interesting, because I, I find it very difficult okay, to talk about myself as successful. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not hitting many targets as far as I'm concerned, time-wise. I mean, I've got, I've got a property development project that should have been finished three years ago, um, and it's, and people go, oh my gosh, it's such a cool site. You know, one of the biggest landholders in this suburb. It's like I'm three years late. Like it's a nightmare, and people are like Martin, you know. It's like no, like like it's so wrong. People go, oh my gosh, last weekend I did this stupid run. Like I got my wife got my wife's got into long distance running, and and she's gotten into like it's not just long distance running, but it's like a it's like adventure run, so like ultra with you know like with with really large gain up mountains, and you know. My wife, Tilla, she's wonderful. She's like, oh, what time do you think you'll finish? And I said, oh, I think I'll finish it in this time. An hour past my estimated finish, an hour past, okay? She rings me. She goes, Martin. I'm like, hey, Tilla. She goes, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, and, and I was just like, look, I'm, the reception's really bad. So I just kind of turned it off and I'm still running. Like, there's just like mountains and I'm like, I could have had ski poles because like, you know, I'm running up a hill. So I finished the race and like, she goes, wow, that was like, instead of going well done, she goes, wow, that was a, you know, that was a long race. And I'm like, yeah, an hour, 20 minutes after I thought 
I would actually finish it. I finished. So was it a success? Well, I completely, you know, missed my my target. But you know, some people didn't finish it. So and then that's the other thing. Like there were only like 90 people that actually turned up to the start line, and the next you know 50 people didn't even turn up because they were nervous. But then you go, hang on, there's a running fraternity of hundreds of thousands, and I just look at it and go, that's just a stupid. That's a stupid race. You know, why would you do that? So okay, is it a success? Maybe in hindsight, I go, okay, maybe it was a success. And I was a bit too hard on myself. People I see that are really successful, they've got stupid targets. Like they say, I'm going to do this. And I go, and, and, and people go, oh, wow, okay, good luck to you. And they grind and they push and they grind. And you just see them and you go, oh, hang on a second. My targets aren't high enough. I need to start getting some of this, you know, I need to start hitting some bigger targets. I need to start getting some bigger goals. Bigger the goal, the higher you're going to climb. I've seen that as, as consistent. If I'm looking at people, um, who I consider to be successful. So, so do you reckon if you if you took half an hour off your target of that particular race, uh, do you reckon you would have finished it earlier, faster than you ended up doing it? That's a good question. I did bonk. So bonking's when you know you because it was a double loop loop course, and um, you know there's this. If if you go out a bit too quick, you know you get lactic acid build up, and basically the, the overall efficiency um, is a is a is a lot worse. So that's another interesting thing about long distance running, because if you set out to have a too higher pace, you'll actually the overall your the length of the rate you'll you actually it'll take you longer to get because you're not actually running a smart race. So yeah, there's a there's a wisdom side of things with long distance running. Yeah, you're right. So then, if you think about this property development that you're doing and people are saying, wow, that's an amazing side and everything. You're like, I'm three, three years late. Like, it's taken me too long. Yeah. Well, what if you equate that to marathon running? And if you were doing it any faster, then you would have made a mistake somewhere or you would have stuffed something up or it wouldn't have gotten the right outcome that you're after. And then would you have considered yourself even less successful if you had actually hit that target of the, the time zone mm. and you finished it three years ago? Maybe I wouldn't have done that site. Maybe, maybe I knew things... And I know things now that I didn't know. So maybe I wouldn't have actually done that development site. But then again, you're comparing yourself to like abstract ideas. You, you, I didn't know. There was no Martin from the future going back seven years ago. Going, hey, Martin, by the way, when you do your, when you do your calculation and you get all excited and you're spending money and doing stuff and doing your future planning, it's not going to end up that way because there's a whole bunch of factors that you didn't know. And I think... The things that really get you, that really break your goals, are the things you thought you knew and you didn't know. And you, th those things will absolutely kill your projects. They'll kill your project, which is okay because I've got lots and lots of different projects. So, you know, they kind of, if you've only got one project, you're in a lot of trouble. So I, I do believe in, you know, diversifying and doing lots of different projects and getting involved in lots of different markets. So it's not that bad. So how, how do you avoid those? How do you, or how do you minimize as much as possible, the things which you don't know that you think you know. Oh, how do I minimize the things I don't know about right now? That's, yeah. that's a question. I reckon that's, that's, that's another PhD. Like, it, it, uh, how do you minimize it? Well, that's, yeah. What is it? It's like it's some algorithm with, where confidence is a part of it and security and insecurity and, and wisdom. So what you're saying, like, is your question, are you asking... How do you get more wisdom? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you, you, start, you start on a new pro Let's say you're taking on a new project. You think it's going to take you three years. And you're, it's a pretty ambitious goal. 
And there are, you know yeah. now, you already know that there are a whole lot of things that you don't know about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How will you try and minimize those things which you don't know? Well, I've got lots of, lots of people that I lean into, mentors, um, people who have done it before, ask them lots of questions, but then no one knows. I mean, imagine, I mean, there's, there's, there's acts of God. How do, you, how do you plan for COVID? I mean, we're just coming out of, you know, COVID. And if you were going into um, the cafe game or the restaurant game, you know, 2018, and you've invested $2 million and you've got the most amazing mentors, you've got the most amazing um, bank supporters, you've got a great logo, okay? You've got great team. You got that, that, lo great that logo culinary. is important. Oh, people do a logo first before they do anything. It's like, oh my gosh. And they'll spend 17 hours. It's like most people go back to grade four with texters and they're like, all right, I got this kind of, no, no, wait, 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 for, wait for the name. And they're, they're on there looking for a, like a funky name. And a logo anyway i digress but imagine you've got the best logo you've got the best trademark okay and it's, it's 2018 and you go we're going to do this big you know paella thing and everyone's going to be on top of each other and licking their fingers and you know, making okay <laughs> and 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 you know you get the, the you get the, you get some really really good supporters and you get financial backers you go, i don't have all the money i'm just going to put 20 percent in you know and, and and you've got a whole bunch of you know um second tier supporters go, ah, it's okay we'll put in we'll put in 1.6 million dollar support at really low interest rates until you know you really things you know 2020 when it real when, when your revenue really increases and the beginning of 2021 when it real like when you break through and then we're going to publicly list okay so you've got what happens to that person what did they do wrong they did nothing wrong and there's heaps of them i read about all these sad stories what did they do wrong and then you dust yourself off 2023 and you do it again you declare bankruptcy and you get the grit and you put your big boy pants on or 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 whatever whatever clothing you wear and you and you, and you continue what, what, what do you do in that situation so my 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 gut was that there are there are two ways successful people might handle that or at least people who have had a lot of success would handle that the one is they'll adapt to it and find a way to make it work and to continue working on it, I do deliveries and takeaway instead of relying on people coming in and licking each other's fingers, uh, which isn't very, very COVID friendly. And then adapt to that until COVID's no longer a thing. Or just can the project and start something else and become successful with that. Get back to the grade four and use yeah. the Texas again. What, which do you think is going to be most successful? Who knows? It's like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't really know much about running restaurants. I've got no idea. No. No, neither. But I'm I'm guessing that I'm guessing that exit strategy and planning for planning for as many unknowns is something you do a not lot really. of. Not really. No, the I go more on I go more on impulses. Okay. I'm not a very big planner. Um, I'm more. I'm. I like to. I got feelings, and I like to push on. I like to push. Um, I'm not a big planner. I thought I was, but um, after being married to my wife for um, for 15 years tomorrow, I realised I'm not a big planner. She's a she's an INTJ. You know, she she knows what she wants, and then by the time she comes to talking to me about it, she goes, "Well, here's the calendar for the next five years." I'm like, I'm like, have have you planned anything for the anniversary yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, we're, we're going. Um, 
we're going to run the Melbourne Marathon and uh, we're going to stay two nights in the city. So it's going to be nice. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to a nice uh, place lovely. to see. So it should be good. So that'll be good. So we're going to have, we're going to have a, we're going to have so, a um, anniversary weekend. So that, that's going to be awesome. But I, only yeah, annoying so. thing it. And did she plan? Did she plan that, or did you? Well, we both planned to run the marathon, but she did absolutely everything else. And by the time, and and I had, I had. <laughs> look, she gave me some options. So she goes, "Do you want to go to this restaurant on a Saturday or a Sunday?" And I was like, "Oh wow, you know, she really let, she lets me be involved. How <laughs> wonderful." Full full autonomy, man. Oh, fantastic! No, we work we work well. It works well like that. Yeah, so I'll bring myself, and she'll bring the plan. So and together, what could go wrong? So is this is this how you is, is is this how you operate with everything? You you have an intention uh, which you set, and you have you you kind of get like you see something, and you're like, wow, this is an amazing yeah. project. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to go for it without too much of a plan because I know that I'm also doing nine or ten or fifteen or fifty other plans. When I say not time. too much of a plan, I have a plan, but I'll go. Hang on, there's so many different scenarios. I know what it, I know what it should what I want it to look like. But actually then going into the micro detail before it presents itself, I don't do that. So what do you do? I've got a ro- look, I've got a roadmap. So for this particular project that I'm working on, it's a it's a zone change multi-house development project. I, I had the full roadmap before I purchased the site. I did my due diligence took six months. Um, I made sure that I had had all of the regulatory authority um, approvals prior to even purchasing the site. All I mean, but that's, you know, that's, 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 I mean, pretty low level property development. I mean, the bits where, I mean, the bits where how, how long is it going to, I mean, do you have approval from all these regulatory authorities um, or the, are you going to get the cultural heritage management plan, um, you know, before you actually purchase the site? Well, it's like, I mean, how do you, how do you plan that? I mean, things, things, there's so many unknowns, but that's why you can, it's the risk that, that creates the, the return on investment. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It, it sounds like a lot of the success which you've had is from doing your due diligence, being incredibly intelligent and being able to work, work, work out everything which you need to do and do the groundwork and then say, you know what? There's a risk. There are all of these different risks and I can't account for all of them. I'm going to assume that some of them are going to show up and I'm going to find a way. If something comes up, I'm going to find a yeah. way to handle it. If I don't, then the project doesn't work. That's fine but I'm just going to make a move on it. Yeah. While you've got other people who want to do the exact same thing as you, but they're going to try and do three years of due diligence. And by the time they're finished, well, you've already done, you've already bought in two and a half years ago and they're too late. They missed it. By the time, exactly right. They've missed it. By the time they've done the due diligence and they go, oh, wow, someone else bought it and they can't buy it anymore. So making a decision that, you know, I'm happy with a, a six or a seven out of 10 decisions but I'll make 30 by the time they make one decision that's 9.5 mm. out of 10. So I'll, I'll already be making 30. And that's the other thing as well. So my, my, my personality is, is more like this. Okay, um, you and I both have a goal to roll a six on a dice, okay? And, and I'm not saying it's, it's you, Harry Goldberg, because, you know, I'm not saying that you would do this, but, um, if, if, if I was competing with somebody and, you know, we had just say 10 minutes to, to, to roll the dice, um, I'd imagine potentially I'd, I'd compete with someone who turned up with one dice. 
you know, or one die, okay? So they, they turn up with one die and go, and they're rolling, and they're rolling, and at the end of the 10 minutes, they'll be like, stop! And this person will be like, oh my gosh, I, I, I was rolling like, like a maniac, um, and I rolled nine, 94 sixes. They'll be like, oh wow, that's, that's actually pretty good. Martin, how did you go? And I'll be like, I rolled 48 million. It's like, how'd you roll 48 million? And I was like, well, I bought 400,000 die, and then basically I had a camera, and I had a vibrating machine, and then it vibrated, you know, every five seconds, and and that's how many I rolled. So you know, I like I, I like the idea of of you know expanding and being innovative, and um, you know working between the lines. Yeah. And if it didn't say that you weren't allowed a machine, if it said that you you know you you, you weren't allowed multiple die, I'd definitely do that. Absolutely. Can Absolutely. you can you give any examples of when you've been able to execute that? You don't need to give all the specifics. Just... I just do. I just do. I just do lots of projects. And then, you know, do multiple at the same time. So I've got lots of them happening at the same time instead of just doing one complete. Do one complete. So I got. I mean, one of my best mates. You know, he he likes to compl- do one project, start it, um, complete it, then move on to the next one. And you know, he does it very well. But he'll do one in maybe you know just say four years, and I'll do I'll do seven in maybe five years, and it's like my projects have blown out a little bit, but you know. Do you consider him successful? On average, I could do better. Not well, not in property development, but as a as a family man. Okay, as a family. So there are different areas of your life where you can be successful. When when you oh, when you think of the most successful people you can think of, in as many areas of their life, their their family, their business, their entrepreneurship, whatever, their innovation, their artwork, whatever. Uh, who who can you think of that's really exceptionally successful in almost all of those areas? In every in everything? Yeah. Well, there's different people that I admire. And, and, and this, is, this is the other thing. You can't do everything. You can't have everything. I mean, I finished work yesterday early and there's things I needed to do. But I left work at, at 2 p.m. and picked up picked up the kids, and um, we went to trampolining. And I like trampolining because you know um, when one kid's doing their trampoline, the other one sits on your lap. I've got a six and a nine-year-old, and then they swap over, and all they want to do is just give you cuddles between trampolining. I wouldn't swap that for anything. There's, I could have they had after-school care. I could have easily just gone and picked them up at 5:30. They would have been fine, and I would have hit a whole bunch of my business targets. But it's like you hit a fork and you go, well, there's certain jobs. I mean, I, I delegate, sure, absolutely. But there's certain jobs I can do that no one else can do. Um, and right then I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I really want to take the kids to trampolining. And they're just so cool. They're just right now, six and nine, such a good age. You know, my son's nine. And, um, you know, the first seven, eight years, it was, it was all about mum. And a year and a half ago, he goes, dad, you're... Wow, you're not telling me to. You're not telling me to calm down. You're telling me to be rougher. Hang on a second. You're a bit more fun than than <laughs> than her. Hang on a second. And we've just started to bond. I mean, on the weekend. So yeah. So you can't do it. I think to answer your question, you can't do everything. You got you got to sometimes choose. So you can't be successful at everything. So I don't believe that. I don't believe you can be successful at everything. Um, on the uh, on little things like on the weekend, uh, we we went to watch the the Nutcracker. Um, and the Nutcracker was in, I don't know if you know, the, the greater city of Dandenong. My wife works in the greater city of Dandenong for local government. It's, um, it's got a high percentage of um, 
um, new new immigrants into Australia, which is great. My, my, I'm a first generation Australian. My parents um, were born in Croatia. I was born in Australia, but I've got a, a certain amount of European flair. So I thought to my son, it'd be a lot of fun if we bought matching Adidas triple stripe track suits and wore matching trainers. And we did a, we, we, before the nutcracker, we had the time, and he loved it. He was like, yeah, dad, this is awesome. He didn't understand the irony. He thought we were a team, you know? And I was like, this is as good as it gets. Doesn't get any better than this. Could I have been at work making more money? Absolutely. Could I have been getting better deals? Absolutely. Could I have been doing all this other stuff? Absolutely. But you know what? Right now, I just, I want to be in matching tracksuit with Max. And it's not like, oh, look, I've chosen to, you know, spend time with the family because, you know, I'm a family man. It's like, I, I literally, there's nothing else I would want to do on a Sunday afternoon than go in with my son, with my wife, with my daughter, sit and watch the Nutcracker, have an amazing meal after. It's as good as it gets. I wouldn't want to do anything else. So... I'm sure that there are some people who are listening to that going, okay, great, Martin. You can just kind of go and do whatever you want and it's just as good as it gets. Uh, but what about the work which still needs to be done? What about the project which still needs to be finished? What about what about the extra effort that you could put into something to make it even better and to, to get better results and to be more successful? What about all of that? How, how do I balance it? Yeah, but yeah, but I consider that to be success. Just being, being with my family. Right there, that was success. Hmm. So what is it? What is it? Yeah. There you go. And, and, and some people would go, that's not success. So they've got a different success. But then divorce two, three times is fine as long as, you know, they've got this, this juggernaut of a company and lots of money, lots of debt, whatever. I don't know what their, what their goal of success is. And the, the strange thing is people are on autopilot. People don't actually know or have reflected for long enough to go, hang on a second, hang on a second. What is my... What is my? What would be really awesome? What would be my dream? What What would be my dream life? And they don't know what they're aiming towards. They're just being hopeful. And then they look back and go, "Oh, gee, I didn't want to end up here." It's like we well, don't. Well, if you don't know where you want to go, I mean, how are you gonna? What you're gonna accidentally fumble and bumble your way there? Like it's it's quite strange. People don't spend enough time to actually have some sort of direction. So we've actually, as a family, we've decided next year, 2022, because we've been locked down, and my daughter's still never been in a plane which is full on. So um, we've decided as a family that we're going to have a season of adventure. So that's the season. We've, we've had the season of, of, of lockdown and broken dreams, which was, which was not the best season. Uh, we're going to have the season of adventure next year. So we're, you know, we're, we're doing things in line with the season of adventure. Of course that. Live the dream. It's awesome. I mean, there's... Uh, you you mentioned there about uh, people don't set their goals, and I'd say that everyone has goals. It's just going to be unconscious for most I agree. people. I agree. And yeah. and you've you've also mentioned earlier on in this chat that a lot of people have uh, that a lot of people are influenced by different people around yeah, them. Yeah, big time. Um, and you you seek out the people that are going to influence Absolutely. you. You've got mentors, yeah. you've got experts, you've got people, consultants, yeah. you've got people that you're engaged with, everything. Uh, are, are those people that you choose around your life always intentional? I didn't choose my mum, unlike, unlike Paris Hilton. See, Paris Hilton said you need to choose your parents very, very carefully. I think she was, I think she was joking. <laughs> and that's the thing. You right. actually can't. Right, right. Sorry? 
<laughs> my my grand my grandfather who's nine nine years old and is still going for walks and is wow. still active and is is quite he's quite incredible. His mind's still very much switched on. He um, he's still attending lectures and wow. reading reading brand new books and everything. Wow. And he was asked recently, "What? How did you how do you kind of keep your health and your mind so active?" He said, "Well, I I chose really good genes. That's that's what I did." I chose my parents well and got great genes. I like, I like it, Grandpa. He's good. Maybe he can lend me some tips. Aside... That'd be good. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll interview him. Well, well hang on. Maybe I could uh, actually get your um, grandpa's genes through, you know, CRISPR technology. Maybe, maybe I'll be able to get some of, do some gene altering one day. Who knows? Sure. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> all the possibilities, man. And so, but the the people who you have chosen in your life. How do you come across them? How do you find these mentors and these people who can influence you so well? Well, I reckon an important person is who you, you know, if you're gonna, if you want to get married, um, if you know, you choose a good, choose a good um, husband or wife or partner. You gotta, I reckon that's really critical. That's even more important than a mentor. And I met her at a part, 18th birthday party. <laughs> really, 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 really intentional. Um, physical attraction, none of the things that you'd expect a business person to um, you know, critically think. I mean, she's great. Till's amazing. We get on so well, we talk about everything. I mean, we, we absolutely love it. I learned so much from her. I mean, one of the reasons I, I reckon I went to art school was just to impress her. I mean, she's, she, her, her backgrounds, her backgrounds in, in art, and I'm like, yeah, she was into art. Mm. I'm into art too, but then it took off into its own tangent. And I do more art than her now, which is which is quite strange. But how do you intentionally pick people? I mean, I, I remember being at a, a sculpture show. There's a, a prize, the Yering uh, Sculpture Prize, and I was there at the opening, and I was introduced to this. I was introduced to this gentleman, and um, and I just. He was amazing. Ken Scarlett, you know, wrote the book on Australian sculpture. He's really well respected. And I was like, oh my goodness, I got to meet Ken Scarlett. Oh my goodness. And we're driving home, and Tilla goes, oh, you know, Ken's great. And I go, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And she goes, oh, why don't you ask him to be your mentor? And I was like, oh, I couldn't ask him. I couldn't ask him. She goes, why? And I was like, why? So I thought about it for a week, and. Got his number, called him. He goes, yeah, absolutely. So all major sculptures for the last probably 10 years, I email him and he'll say, yes, no, you could do better here. You could do worse there. And he's been one of the, my greatest sculpture supporters and I've learned so much from him. This just took a took a bit of courage and, you know, a bit of an elbow from, from, from Tilla, who I really respect. Yeah. So it's like, and, and I just think back to if I didn't actually ask, it'd be, I'd be in a completely different different place. I mean, I wouldn't be going, I definitely wouldn't be going to the, to the um, I was invited to go to the, by the Euro European Cultural Center to go to the Venice Biennale and, and um, do a sculpture piece and it's going to be a performance and a sculpture piece. I mean, there's no way that would be happening without that relationship and that mentoring from Ken Scarlett. Not possible. I mean, number one, my art wouldn't be very good. And number two, I mean, my art wouldn't be very good. So uh, just, it's, uh, it's crazy. Those little bits of courage sometimes just, you know, you just need a little bit of courage. And it's not even a lot of courage, just a tiny bit of courage. Just a tiny bit of courage. And the strange thing was he really wants to help um, support sculptors. So it was like symbiotic. It was just amazing. Like he really wants to help um, support sculptors because he absolutely loves it. 
and he's got so much knowledge to give and I really need his help, which is great. I mean, it's a, just, yeah, it's awesome. Just a winner. And there's a lot of people out there and people want to help. There's, 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 I, and this is the thing. I love helping. I mean, if someone came to me and said, like, you know, um, I, I need your help. I mean, it's to, to varying degrees because I like to say yes to everything. So maybe I'd say uh, less yes now. But I mean, you know, people actually do genuinely like to help each other. That's what I believe. And so then just find people who could really benefit you, but then could also, and just assume that they'll also benefit from the joy that they'll get from being able to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, that, that's a cool way of doing it. How, how do you approach someone? Do you just literally go and ask them, hey, do you want to be my mentor? Oh, look, my wife says that I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's never met a stranger. So just walking up to people never really bothered me really. <laughs> it's not... Not really. It's not really. So it doesn't bother you. Obviously, you're good at it. You're natural at it. We know your personality drives you towards it as well. Uh, But what tips would you have for anyone who's listening who's like, man, I wish I could find more mentors. I wish I could have more people who could influence me. It's just going up to them. It just feels way too tough. Like, it's way too daunting. Take away the plural of mentors. Just pick a mentor with a specific role. And you don't have to start off with, you know, like if you want to play tennis, I'll get, you know, Roger Federer as a mentor. Might even be, hey, a local local um, tennis coach, and when you outgrow that mentor, hey, you get another coach. Or running, you know, there's someone that is in your suburb that runs faster than you, run with them. Doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have Steve Monaghetti or you know, Eliud Kipchoge, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe don't aim like just just incremental. If you're here and you want to get there, maybe just someone who's further down the track doesn't like. And to even call someone a mentor might actually undo all the wonderful things that might happen. Does that make sense? What do you mean by that? If you, people can paralyze themselves by wanting things to be perfect prior to them actually achieving them. So just to actually get a run on the board, just to, it's like when you're doing an exam, yeah? You don't, you, you read through the exam and you know, you know you got the reading time prior to an exam, yeah? Like, it's nice to get a few easy runs on the board. So the people who, well, the way I was taught um, um, completing exams is you have a look at all the really easy bits that you'll find really easy. So you go, okay, well, I'm not going to start at the first question. I might start at question number six. Really, For me, it's really easy. So I'm going to just you know, do that question. And then, you know, you get some runs on the board and you get confidence. So, I mean, if you're, it, it's, it's kind of like if you want to um, just say get into a sculpture exhibition, Maybe don't aim for the highest level of, of you know, um, the most difficult sculpture prize to get into. Aim for a local prize and get some confidence. Similar like with mentors. There might be a neighbor. There might be a neighbor who's really good at running. You want to get, run faster, ask him or her, how do you run faster and run with them? Awesome. That's cool. That's a good start. It sounds like everything you're sharing keeps coming back to the same point of if you want success, just take action. Find find great ways to do it. Create a game plan, whatever. Like have like have a roadmap. Make sure that you got a uh, an approach and a way that you want to do it, and with an intention and goal you're going toward, you're moving towards. But just Absolutely. take action. Absolutely. Get started. Start. You know, journey of a. There's so many cliches. I don't. I don't want to share any cliches on your wonderful <laughs> podcast. But here's one. Here's a cliche. It's just a, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. I don't even know if that's a correct with property development. Um, people people get a little bit paralyzed. They go, oh, I want to do property development. 
Five years later, oh, I think I'm almost ready. Ten years later, ah. That if I'd have started seven years ago, maybe, but now no. It's these are all excuses. People, okay, people who I find really successful are willing to fail hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of times and millions of times. They're willing to. They're willing to have a go, and something inside of them, the, the it's like a muscle. Um, you, you'll fail, and there'll be the guy like, okay, a brother-in-law or the cool guy at school, you know, will be like, <laughs> you failed, and able to go, I'm gonna do it again. Something inside them, they just go, you know what, thank you, but I want to do it again. I'm going to try again. And they try again. And maybe they don't fail this time. And people go, and, you know, and then the people who are watching just kind of disappear. Then you learn no one actually cares because these people who are going, huh, you're doing this, huh. When even someone does succeed, they go, huh, I would have picked a different color Porsche, you know. Or when you build a massive house, they go, that's disgusting, you know. Italian ornate is just just horrible for the area, you know. Why didn't they do something Australiana? You build an Australiana house. Oh, that's such a stupid Australiana house. Core 10 is like so acker. You're like copied Woods Marsh. And then you realize, hang on a second, you've got to, you've actually got to delete these people and just do your thing. You got to delete them. Just delete them, move on. Just, 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 just difficult when it's family because you can't delete them. You just got to like, hello, see you next Christmas. Hello, wish you all the best. But if you're able to remove yourself from bad company, you do. Because these guys are going to bag you if you fail, if you succeed. If you're doing nothing, if you're apathetic, if you're slow, if you're fast, they always bag you. So just, just remove yourself from that, which is great. And I've removed myself from people like that. It's so good. And then you find people who want to succeed and are trying better, and they'll ring you. And they'll be like, Martin, hey. I'm like, hey. And it's like, look, I really want to get this time running a 5K. Um, you know, can we do a run this weekend? I'm like, oh my gosh, how are you going to be able to do it in that time? It's like, I want to do this. It's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then like you bounce off each other then you get into these really, 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 really healthy relationships and really, really, really healthy relationships. It's awesome. And you're with someone who's already successful and then, you know, you're saying I'm successful. Thanks. But we're just doing our thing and having the time of our lives and things are smooth. I mean, I don't have to stress about getting tickets for the whole family to go to Venice next year. I don't have to stress about that. You know, I don't have to stress about worrying about accommodation. I don't have to stress about getting into an exhibition. I mean, it's it's like it's things are kind of like in motion and, and moving and moving from lots of little micro decisions from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, there's there's an amazing quote from Tony Robbins that proximity is power. He's referring to you choose the people who you surround yourself with. And I've heard him say it like three times now. He he makes fun of Australian culture about it because he says even even in Australia, it exists everywhere in the world, but Australians at least have a name for it, tall poppy syndrome. And... <laughs> You you found you found a way which I think a lot of people find really inspiring of just instead of being oh my god if I get too tall people are just going to cut me back down I better I better not get that tall you've just found a way to make your make your roots even stronger and just go yeah whatever fine even if someone's find your people find yeah, your people plant plant, plant yourself somewhere else right but this is the thing as well I mean look I mean. And it's funny that Tony has a go at Australians when he's not Australian. You know? I mean, that's maybe he is Australian. Maybe he is actually pretty good at cutting top of his down, um, given that. I, I think it was himself. endearing the way uh, that you raised it, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I hear what you're saying as well. I'm being difficult, <laughs> but um, one one of one of the big blessings to come out of COVID. So we went into lockdown. Melbourne was a was a, was a, was a harrowing time for Melbourneians, and uh, I don't know if it's a fifty fifty split, but 
some people chose to hit the bottle really hard and um, hit junk food really hard and woe me, woe me, woe me. And other people went, all right, now it's time, you know, roll up your sleeves. I'm going to dig in and I'm going to make the most of this and I'm going to come out of this firing. Um, and it's really, really interesting because we had a five kilometer circle around our house. So we were, we, so we had, I'll, I'll share because people might not even believe it for watching the, the podcast. We, Melbourne was the most lockdown city in the world. So we had curfews. You weren't allowed to go out after a certain amount of time. We, uh, after 9 p.m., you weren't actually allowed to leave your home. Um, you weren't allowed to go to work. Um, kids weren't allowed to go to school. Um, you weren't allowed to leave a five kilometre um, area and you could only go with with one other person on your walks. Uh, but this this was this was absolutely crazy. So people chose that as an excuse. It's like, all right, cool. I've got I've got the recipe to just completely give up, and everyone will give me a pat on the back. So I've seen those people, and they came out of lockdown. It's like, whoa, okay. Um, there's other people. I, I I became good friends with my neighbours, and uh, my neighbours, um, actually, my neighbour got me. Um, I'd never heard of um, David Goggins prior to lockdown. And he was like, let's go for walks. And we're going for walks. And he's telling me about, you know, David Goggins and this crazy guy. And I looked at him on YouTube. I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. He'd be like, yeah, I hope he's not offended by this, but he'd be like, he'd be like, COVID, you know, that's not an excuse. Like, you know, just swear at COVID and use, like, he just, like, so we started doing running. We just started doing lots of running. And the whole neighborhood started doing running. And we, my neighbor and I would just, kept running further and further and further and further and further till we're going for runs. We're like, we just ran 60 kilometers. And we're like, whoa. And it's like, we actually did it pretty quick. It's like, wow. And then we're just getting, we're just bouncing off each other, bouncing off each other. And then we're looking at each other like, I've, I've never been this fit in my life. And it's, and it's, and it, it was just this, it was just this really, really, really strange experience to just be around someone locally who actually, um, was willing to, to fight. And I found a lot of my neighbors, one of them wrote a novel, one of them, like my neighbors were amazing, but that's another thing. I live in a really lovely part of the world. And I, I think it's also important to choose where you pitch your tent, where you actually have a house and the ethos of um, the people around you. That's really, really critical. Because before we, we built our dream home, we were living in another suburb and it was, like it was really rough there wasn't a lot of connection i really tried to have connection with the neighbors and they had a completely different trajectory to where i wanted to go and what i wanted to do they had a different opinion on family they had different opinions on um on health what they considered to be healthy um and where i live now it's completely different so i think that's important as well where you actually pitch your tent who you marry where you live all that matters where you send your kids to school um that stuff matters because when you think about it I spend a lot of time with the parents of my kids' friends. Heap uh, at little ads, at trampolining, at tennis. I spend a lot of time with them. And in many ways, I can't actually choose now who I hang out with on these kids' social events. So choose your school wisely for your kids. But that decision has to be made 10 years ago because you need to save up for some of these schools. Some of these good schools are really expensive, so you're just going to start saving. And some of them now, um, because people start people start kindergarten, like there's a new policy at the, the school that my kids are at. Um, there's a kinder, there's a, there's a pre-prep, there's a prep. What happens is people put their kids in, in kindergarten and then 
um, they take them out in pre-prep and there's like a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of movement. The school doesn't like kids coming in and out because it like disrupts the, the classroom. So now they want you to put they want you to um, assure and 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 pay from prep from from kindergarten to prep. So that that for, for many people that's not just a house deposit. That's maybe three house deposits for if you've got a few kids. So you're gonna make you're gonna make some serious decisions in your twenties. Yeah, crazy. Have some of these things driven you? Absolutely, I'm like a maniac. Before I had kids, I worked like a maniac. So I wanted to have kids. I wanted to go to Little Ass. I wanted them to, to, to be in a good area. I wanted all of that. That was how I really wanted to actually craft my life. Absolutely. That happened in 20s. I remember doing hundreds of hours a week. Oh, man, just over 100 hours. Just just epic, epic. You know, I used to, I used to sleep uh, at work. Like, just insane before I got married. Just, just getting ahead, just getting on top of things so that things would be a little bit easier now, and they are. Yeah. What, what if someone listening to this is in their 30s, they've already got kids, they haven't had your mindset since they were 20 and they want to embrace it, but they're like, man, but I can't, I can't work that hard now. I've got, I've got kids. I've got other things I've got to focus on. Maybe I'm not going to be able to choose the suburb which I really want to live in or send my kids to a super expensive school which I want to send them to. What would you say to them? Well, if they've got that attitude, they're probably right. Yeah, I think they should give up. Because that, <laughs> if that's their attitude, well, it sounds like, well... It's, it's like COVID. Well, you know, I give up. Yeah, there's, there's no way that that was a 50-50 split between people who, who decided to, to fight during lockdown and people who decided to give up. There's yeah. no way that was a 50-50 split. No way, no way, no way. And honestly, um, I, I, haven't, I haven't dug in harder during COVID. Than, I, I, I dug in harder during COVID than I did, I think, even in my 20s. Because in look, if I'm being really honest, I'm so much fitter than, than Martin in his 20s. He, he did a lot of hours, but they weren't really useful hours. You know, and he'd tell everyone, I'm working so hard, blah, blah, blah. It's like five of my hours now would bash 20 of Martin's hours. I mean, so yeah, I did big hours, but for a 20-year-old, not bad. You know, good for you. I'm, I'm really happy for you, Martin, in your 20s. You're, you're pretty good. That's the other thing as well. In my 40s, I'm so much more potent and I've got such a higher capacity um, to generate wealth than I did in my 20s. Absolutely. So when people go, I can't do this, like, hang on a second, give yourself two years in your 40s, I reckon is worth like 10 years in your 20s. So Why? What's, the, what I, what's the difference between you now versus you in your 20s? What's the difference? Yeah. Um, I'm smarter, I'm fitter, I'm stronger, I'm better resourced. I have a better network. I've made more mistakes, and I know what I know what a win looks like now. When I, in my twenties was all theoretical, I know what a win looks like, and I can smell it better. My sense of smell is exceptional compared to my twenties. I'm not saying compared to anyone else, but compared to my twenties. So if someone has the mindset, oh wow, I didn't buy that house in my twenties, no, give up. It's like, dude, like either you've either you've continually given up for the last twenty or ten or twenty years. Um, or you don't actually know what you already have, the resources you have. Yeah. So you meant you mentioned smelling it. You can smell success. You know what it smells okay. like. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's that smell? Successful. <laughs> what are, What are the What are the flavors? What are the scents? Well, it's like it's like describing orange to someone who's never eaten an orange before. Eh, it's kind of like, have you tasted a lemon? No. Um, 
Tangy? You know what Tang is? No, I've never tasted orange. <laughs> Don't know. Well, I mean, there's parts of it where where you could try and describe it's it's sweet. Uh, it you know you know that it's refreshing. Uh, you feel more energized by it as the closer you get to it. Yeah. When you yeah. when you smell it, you know it's gonna kind of like tickle your nose slightly as it like when you when you smell the juice from it. Mm. Like so, there are, there are some ways to describe it. It's tough to, but how would? All right, I'll, I'll describe success. Please. Sleep well at night. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let me finish this. Let me finish this. Um, good friends. Um, Lamborghini. Um, admired. Um, beaches. Um, Biennale. I think, I think um, you've already done a... Love, love, <laughs> love. So we're talking about what, what the success actually looks like. Man... You want to, you want to, like, it's, it's like, instead of the marathon, the person who won the marathon or Elio Kipchoge, you know, prior to doing, you know, that crazy, that crazy challenge where he ran a marathon under two hours, have a look at him, like, an hour and a half into it, you know, have, have a look at that footage. This is what success looks like. It's like, oh, pale, oh, it's like, oh, like, that's what it looks like. Everyone's like, yeah, he's wearing alpha flies. You know, he's in Austria, he's running, sub two hours, paces. That's not like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Look, it's not, uh, like, I think you've already done a, a better description of success uh, earlier in this conversation rather than that. Um, just primarily because, and I know you're, you're having fun and playing, because you're, you're already talking about having the right people around you and waking up and just feeling, feeling more energized for the day and trusting your gut and being able to do it. And you've already got financial dependence where you can book a trip to Venice and you can find amazing accommodation. You're not worried about it. You can take a weekend off. You can take a week off. You could take a few weeks off. It doesn't really matter too much to you. You've got full autonomy um, in everything you do except for certain joint decisions with other people in your life. And Oh, but she makes the best ones. Oh, best. There you go. I choose to be with her. Yeah, you, you choose for her to be able to. And I'm, in a, and, I'm in a, and I'm in a factory right now and people are doing all sorts. I don't know, like... There's people on forklifts around me. There's people on the crane. There's people, people, people paying bills. There's people programming and stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like if if I go downstairs, he goes, hey, you know, why'd you program that way? I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like no one is like we're, we're interconnected, but I like where I'm at. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like that's that's why I see you as successful because you're already in, you're already loving every day and you're not you're not giving up on anything anymore like you're you're passionate about everything you do i'm sure there are things which you do where you're like i really wish i didn't have to do this and you kind of push through and then you're like well i'm really grateful that i felt that i had to do that because i ended up doing it um but you're learning from everything but i'm better i'm better at sacrificing now than i was in my 20s as well i'd sacrifice more now than in my 20s can you give an example still well the way that I um, the way that I get to work, I commute by running, and that's hard. It means that I have to wake up earlier, so I sacrifice sleep, and I go to bed earlier. I go to bed at nine. Went to bed at nine last night. I didn't watch any Netflix like I did in my you know didn't watch movies. I went to bed at nine because I know I have to be up early because I'm running. But that that leads to success, it leads to fitness. It means that I'm gonna have a good time this weekend when I do my marathon. So it's like that's actually sacrifice. Absolutely in everything, even even with my savings. I'm pushing for better prices on steel. 
I'm better at doing that now. But I don't give up and go, oh, it's too hard. No, no, I, I don't procrastinate. I push, push harder. Customers that are challenging customers, I'm, I'm nice to them and I try really, really hard to accommodate even though it feels horrible because I know that if I'm horrible to them, I'll have no customer. Like, but there's an efficiency. See, I can run faster than I could in my late 20s because I'm more disciplined. And, and, and discipline went, breeds so much awesomeness. Discipline in love, discipline with my wife, discipline with my kids. I'm really, really disciplined. So I make sure that when I tell my kids I'm going to do something, I do it. You know, I make sure the kids know that I love them. I make sure that I'm consistent. Do I feel like being consistent at 7 p.m. when I'm really, really tired and really, really hard and I force myself to laugh? Like last night was really hard. Um, I picked them up um, and then my wife had a really big day. My wife, had, my, my wife had a big day. She had a really, really big day. It was really, really hard. It's Christmas. There's a lot going on. And... Um, I had to think to myself, okay, how can I make life, how can I help family? How can, how can I be good to family? Because the thing is, the easiest thing to do is get home, ah, I've had a big, ah, you know, had to leave early and this and there's kids. So walking home and I said to the kids, we're going to have a competition. I'm going to give you a score on how well um, you are, how, how kind you are to mummy. Um, and I'm going to give you a score out of 10, okay? And I'm going to be watching you and how you're kind to each other. Because the way they come into the house is normally, oh, that's my bag. Uh, stop it, stop it. You know, like they both want to go in the door at the same time. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I hope this works. It's Christmas. She's off getting envelopes for their, for their presents. Just sex. Anyway, it, 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 was just, it, was, it, was, it was just that little bit of thought and that little bit of care and just a little bit of preparation um, as we were walking a few hundred metres from home, meant they went inside. Max went, like little, <laughs> they're like those little squirrels. I forget what the name of the squirrels are. You know, the, the in the, um, the Hanna-Barbera um, cartoon. Anyway, so they, they came inside and they're like, hello, mummy, you look beautiful. And um, George was like, wow, mummy, that's amazing. How was your day today? Like a little six and nine year old. I'm just there laughing. And, you just see Tilla like, oh, God, good day. And they're like, oh, fantastic. Would you like some water? They're pouring her water. And, I'm, I, and it was just that little bit of thoughtfulness, okay, that little bit of intelligence. And no one would say, oh, you're, you're a genius for doing that. A little bit of thoughtfulness, a little bit of care meant that my wife and I had an awesome afternoon. She was like, the kids are amazing. I've got a little secret. I did this. She was like, oh, my gosh. She thought that was thoughtful. We had a really good evening. I could tell it was like... Our family was like a bit of a tinderbox, and I just tried a little extra. I just tried a little extra. So to say I don't have to try now is wrong. I'm more efficient at trying. And if somebody says, oh, but I don't have the deposit because I didn't put the money down in their 20s, and they've got that mindset in their 40s, and they, well, then I'd say, you're right. You can't. You can't have a house because you're, you're just so unfit. Here's a question. Jeff Bezos, for whatever reason, loses all his money. How long would it take him to become a billionaire again? What, six months, eight months with his network and his intelligence? Maybe four months, maybe one month, 30 days, two weeks probably. It's like, it's, like, it's literally like saying, oh, someone stole my, my, my marathon gold medal from the Berlin Marathon. <laughs> someone stole it. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh no, but you're running the Melbourne Marathon this weekend. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh. Well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll get another one. <laughs>
So, so what what targets are in store for you? Where's where's your future headed? It's a secret. I'm going to share it with you. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track out of it. It's a secret. And honestly, I think that's a big mistake people make. People go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. And you know what happens? People are listening, taking notes, and they go do it. It's happened to me lots of times. I don't tell people. Hmm. So where will where will the primary of your focus be? On your art, on your business, on property, on innovations, family? How, how well, are you actually, prioritizing my, everything? My immediate... Life? Well, actually, I'm trying to look at um, NFTs and sculpture sales. Mm -hmm. Your friend, your friend um, Tristan, he's looking at that at the moment. My business he's partner. Like a side project. Yeah, yeah. old man. Old man That's Tristan. fun. He's telling me all about it. That's exciting. Oh, awesome. So he's, I had a good chat with him yesterday, actually. And um, so he's got, a, he's got a side project to try and work out how to, how to, how this, how the whole thing works. Because you see, I'm, I'm 41. So I'm, I'm less crypto savvy than people like you, which is great. Because then you just, you engage someone who's ultimately crypto savvy and clever and you want to be around. I like being around you and I like being around Tristan because it makes, because it's, it's kind of like being around you guys like boop, 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 And then like you chat to Tristan on the phone and like, mm, I choose to hang out with you guys. That's awesome. So should other people. How good is that? Yeah, cool. So you're, you're picking that's the people. That's the short term. Sorry for interrupting. I interrupt too much. No, that, that's, <laughs> I, love, I love how much you're talking. That's why I keep asking questions. Keep hearing more. So there's, there's this element which you shared, which I think is really valuable. So I want to I wanna reinforce it for anyone who's listening because you made the point twice. That if someone has the mindset that they're too late or they're not able to do it anymore, that they're probably right. No, they yeah. shouldn't. Absolutely. They should give up. Go live with your mum. Live in the basement. Basement's too good. Live in the garden. <laughs> garden live in the shed. Garden, garden's too, garden's good. too good. Shed. Live in the shed. That's yeah, for cool. you. That, that, that shed's too good. Go to the one with the spider. One neighbors. <laughs> how would you how would you inspire and i know what you've what you've said already is is uh one of your attempts to inspire people who are listening to to kind of get their head out of their ass who if they think that way what are some of the ways that you'd inspire someone to shift their perspective if that's if that's their view and you're saying come on you really don't need to think that way you can change it and they're like yeah sure i'd, I'd love to i think i think i, I can i got no idea how i don't know i got no idea what would you say to them? I'd, I'd, it's funny. I don't try and fix other people. I really don't. Mm. I stopped doing that. It doesn't help. One of the reasons I have a, a better relationship with my parents, um, and I said this to my sister, who I love dearly. I go, I go, wow. So I heard her saying, oh, if mum could just do this, or if mum could just do that, I go, I can't change it. And I'm not going to try. How frustrating! Okay, got my job. And so your your inclination is to kind of go, cool. Let's look at let's look at what else. Wish wish you all the best. It's not my job yeah. to fix you. Ah, I struggle when when some people are there just trying to fix someone. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of it in the past. Can I say too much? Oh, mm. dude, I don't think it helps. I got a a, a wonderful friend. Um, he worked with me for about eight years. He was a groomsman at my wedding. And I was chatting to him one day, and he's a drug and alcohol um, counselor, super guy, got into engineering, was involved in the property development, he's doing his own thing now. Super successful guy, awesome guy, love the guy. I said to him, how do you, how do you help someone um, 
quit alcohol or get off drugs. And he goes, he goes, you can't. He goes, you can't do it. It's not possible. And I go, but hang on, you're a drug and alcohol counselor. And he goes, yeah, well, when someone wants to and they come to you going, how do I? How do I actually get off the drugs? I want to get off. I know I need to get off the alcohol. He goes, well, then that's, that's where I come in and I can help them. He goes, otherwise I can't. I love, I love hearing that. That was, that was my journey towards being a coach is I started having changes in my own life and then people started coming to me. Wow, Harry, you're, you're happier, you're healthier, you're more productive, you're more focused, you've got more energy, you're, everything's just better. Like you're communicating better, you, you're more confident. What have you done differently? What, and what, what they were really asking is how can I do that too? Like tell, tell me how to do that. And then I started getting a little bit of a high from it. I started going, oh, cool. I can just tell people what to do and it's going to fix them. Here you go. Look, you over there, you need to change this. And you over there, you need to do that. And I found that it worked really well when people wanted it. But otherwise, it's going up against. Them. Punch him in the head. Who is this guy? Get out of me. What are you? How many times? I know you're, I know you're proficient at jujitsu, but how many times have you punched? <laughs> I've never actually been punched. Um, really? Yeah, never. Um, I never got into never got into that kind of conflict. Always avoided it. Uh, my conflict's always been one of words. And you should have been able to be resolved that way. Except for once when I was in high school and I pretended to get hit and then pretended to, to lose a fight so that the girl that I liked would come and give me a hug and make me feel better. Did it work? Yeah, it worked perfectly. Um, wow. But in, in retrospect, like with, you know, the, the me in my like 30s knows a hell of a lot more now than... <laughs> you're, you're frightening oh man I, I wish i had done that differently did you get paid to throw the game or just the cuddles it was just for the cuddles no it was just for the cuddles that was, that was it That's good. that was all yeah. i was after um but yeah there's um I, I realized that you can't make someone change if they don't want to but a lot of the time you can inspire someone to want to change in the first place i believe that's where a really powerful coach comes in if you can inspire someone to want to change then helping them change easy so easy it's like if someone wants to lose weight like you don't you don't need the best methods in the world you need to eat less and do exercise like have less carbs eat the right food and do exercise it's not it's not rocket science like you everyone probably already knows a hundred different ways that they're able to lose weight if they if they really wanted to but to take action that's the part where a lot of people struggle so how would you try and influence someone or inspire them to want to change rather than just telling them how to? I don't know how you can. It's not my job. Yeah, okay. It's not my job. It's not my job. If, and there's enough people out there wanting to change, and you help them. But I haven't yeah, got good. time. I just don't have time. Yeah, back to priorities. I love that. Because that, that's something which I've always been uh, really inspired by you with is that you can say, you know what, this is really important, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for as long as I'm doing it. No, that's not the most important thing anymore. This is more important. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And just that ability to kind of just let go of whatever path you're on and just choose another one or run six different paths and six different marathons all at the same time is just freaking incredible. Like that, that's, that's in the mind of Martin, right? That's the, that's the Jocko, the Joe Rogan within you. The, you say oh, all the right things. You say you, you say all the right things. <laughs> I've got my son Max reading um, Jocko's kids books. They're amazing. Wow, I didn't know about, about inspirational uncles who help you know who who help help um, 
help with maths and help with getting strong. They're awesome books. My, my son read them. He loved it. Jocko. Jocko's children's books. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll check those out. I mean, I guess like a big part of what Jocko does is inspire as many people as possible. And I only raise him because yeah. like, he's, he's almost the identical personality to you, right? But he, he doesn't actually, I don't reckon he actually goes out there to inspire people. He's just being 100% Jocko. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you don't want to do it, bugger off. Heaps of people who want to do it. I reckon that he accidentally inspires. I think if you go out, so I reckon Tony Robbins inspires a lot of people, but he doesn't go out there to inspire. I reckon he goes out there because he's like, he's trying to help people and people already want help and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the person who accidentally gets inspired 11.30 p.m., they're half drunk, you know, they've got a broken marriage and they're watching Tony going, oh, this is what I need. That's that little light bulb moment. Yeah, he inspires those people. But I don't think that's who he's really speaking to. Enough people actually want it and keen and, you know, in the front row going for it. That's a really important point as well. Like you, you focus on what you're passionate about and helping the people that you can and just really prioritizing what's there. And if something's not going to work out right now, maybe it will in the future, but just kind of let it go. Focus, focus on what's, yeah. what's right in front of you, right? That's it. That's it. I, I'm, 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 I'm laughing as well because I love my kids um, and I'll charge him. I'm on my phone at the moment. I was charging my phone and um, the kids sneakily took the charge out of my phone and put it on their iPad. Um, this morning so I'm almost out of batteries but even that you know I wouldn't change a thing I love them so much I love them so much so an hour and seven minutes into it I'm, I'm about to run out of batteries <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to planning it's like well you know what you get what you get and you don't get upset <laughs> and it's funny it's funny it's, it's one of those things you, you teach kindy kids and prep kids I think it's like a, a, a um, it's a, it, it's a pre mindfulness hack is you get what you get and you don't get upset. You know, it's kind of to stop kids from just, just wanting stuff that they can't actually have. So yeah, yeah curious. So, I mean, if I, if you're about to run out of battery, then I better do the, <laughs> the, the summary for now. Do the summary, do the do, summary. Do the summary. <laughs> Can we play some music? Um, no, look, Martin, what you've, what you've been sharing is. Uh, I thought you were going to go for drums rather than keyboard. But that's cool. The I, I find I find the messages you've been sharing incredible, uh, and it's why it's why I keep loving having conversations with you. I think there was even once we had this amazing chat, and you were up in the you're up in the mountain skiing, and you're like, I don't care. I just want to speak to Harry right now and continue to inspire him, even though clearly you weren't attempting to. That was an amazing conversation. I actually that that was an amazing conversation. That was I actually really enjoyed that. That meant a lot. Me too. I've enjoyed every conversation with you, everyone. And what I, I mean, what I'm hearing you share in this particular conversation, especially, is that there's only so much that you can do if you hope that things are going to work out. If you hope that things can happen, correct. You'll you can you can live off hope, and you're not going to get very far because it's not Correct. a very effective rocket fuel. Correct. And Hopeful. And people confuse it with optimism. People go, oh, I'm optimistic. It's like, no, no, no. You're just lazy and you're hopeful. That's not optimism. <laughs> you're a lazy hoper. Sorry. No, that's, 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 a, that's incredible. And so 
when when these people who are just living off hope and they're just lazy and they're not taking action, they're not making things happen, then no wonder they're not going to be getting results. They're kind of just hoping that the one thing which they're kind of doing, which they're not even putting all their all their effort behind because they don't have full conviction behind it. Yep. They're just hoping that it's going to work out and that they're going to yep. be successful. Yep. And with that mindset, you're like, cool, if that's if that's what you think, then you know what? You don't deserve the house. You don't you don't yep. deserve to to have all these accolades and you don't deserve the gold medal which you're trying to steal from someone else or which you hope that you could steal from someone who's is actually run Absolutely. the marathon. Absolutely. And it's harder than you think. And this is why in your forties or your thirties, you're better at it than in your twenties. Because in my twenties I had what two or three wins. Oh, well done. You won the under twelves tennis tournament because that was so hard. You know, and in your in your thirties, it's like I, I got over a, you know, whatever it may be, you beat cancer or your wife beat cancer. You, you were able to go without sleep for like, like years because of your kids. When you pop out of that and you look around, you go, I can, I've got these crazy skills. If you haven't given up, if you're able to just build yourself up when no one's watching and actually be honest. And so this, this sense of honesty to yourself and what you want and what absolutely. you're striving for. Everyone, and- yeah, absolutely. Every, absolutely. Everyone lost themselves. Absolutely. I lie to myself. I still lie to myself, but I'm lying to myself less than I was, you know, two years ago. I'm lying to myself less than I was 10 years ago, lying to myself less than I was 15 years ago. But it's like, it's like, it's, it does blip around then. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, the people that you're spending your life with, like the spe- the people you're spending most of your time with, they, they won't allow you to, to continue to lie to uh, yourself as much. Right. I won't, I won't make it past 7 PM at home. My wife will just be like, she's so good. She'll be like, Martin. I'll be like, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I can imagine if you told that that maybe the neighbor of yours, it's like you know what uh, on this particular run, why, why don't we just why don't we just walk instead? I don't have enough energy. Like I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm able go, to go. For he'd a actually run. go. He'd actually go. Look, listen to your body, Martin. That's fair enough. Mm. And I'll be like, oh, you're a good neighbor. And if you did another day and another day and then the next day and the next day, he wouldn't nah, keep. Would he wouldn't keep running good. with you, would he? he? Wouldn't. Benefit one plus one equals three. And that's the other thing. If you're choosing, if you want to choose a good partner, oh man. Like Tiller makes me better. And I hope I make Tiller better. So one plus one equals three. How good's that? Like pick mm-hmm. the right person. Just choose, choose, make some good choices. It's like they don't talk about um, in primary school now. They don't say, oh, you're a naughty child. They go, Max, you made a bad choice. But I think adults can learn that a bit, yeah? Yeah. You made a bad choice. You had poor judgment there. Yeah, huge. Wow, what, what did you do there in your, in your um, role as a businessman? Wow, well, you made a... You made a bad choice. You made a bad decision. Mm. It's like, okay, you're not naughty or good. It's just you made a bad decision. It's like, okay, you can make a better one next time. Yeah. Is that is that a big thing for you to not identify with the mistakes or the decisions that you've made, but rather just uh, recognize what those decisions have been? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. I guess that's, the, I reckon that's the most powerful bit um, if we're talking about a growth mindset. Because mm. I don't necessarily believe in growth, growing revenue or profit, which is great. Um, I believe in progress. Are you progressing down the, where you actually want to go? So pick a healthy, good goal and then progress towards it. Yeah, that's good. Or in Martin's perspective, time. pick pick six or seven really healthy, good goals and work on all of them or at seven, the same time. Or 17. I don't have that many. I mean, I've got six or seven, but that's not a lot compared to some of the guys I'm hanging out with. They're hitting the wildest targets. They're just, they're just hitting. I don't see myself as successful. I go, well, you know, one day maybe, you know, I'll get there, but I'll do it like probably 20 years older than them. So. That's okay. But, but and that's you the, other thing. the journey, right? 
I hope so. I hope so. But that's the thing as well. Compare myself to myself from last year. Compare myself to myself from two years ago. That's great. I'm fitter than I was two years ago. I'm wealthier than I was two years ago. I'm more in love with my wife than I was two years ago. I'm getting on better with my kids than I was two years ago. Awesome. You can, that's the only comparison. If I start comparing myself to Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, hello, depression. It's time for depression time. It's like I'm a failure. I'm an absolute failure. Uh, but don't you see them as inspiration? I see them as judging me. They're just judging me. So. <laughs> At nighttime, when I wake up, I, I wake up and they're judging me. In the mornings, I wake up and they're judging me. Nothing I can do can stop them from judging me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Annie's cool. Oh my gosh. Annie's got a bond layer. Oh my gosh. Are you doing better than you were two years ago? You beauty. That's all you got. And that's all you got. That's all you got. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not everything, right? Like there's, like it's, are you, are you also helping other people who are ready for it? Absolutely. Go down. And so if, if your battery allows for it, uh, what, what's the L impact? Lucky dip. I don't lucky, buy this. Lucky, lucky dip. See, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm like, this makes me excited. I'm excited about this. I'm sure what, you're not going to. You're, you're, what are you? You're like a, you're, 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 you've got this plan. You're like, you're like an intuitive first. You're like, you're like fully, you've probably got a backup generator just in case. You know, you've got spare <laughs> no, headphones. Got, I, got my, I got my laptop connected to the, uh, to the power source. You're amazing. That's my my two-year-old doesn't know how to disconnect it yet. That's amazing. That's, you're, that, you're that's amazing. the luck of it. I can learn from people like you. This is really amazing. <laughs> so just, what was just, your question before the battery runs out? Uh, your impact. What, what's going to be, what's going to be the impact of man in this world? You know what? You know what? We'll see. I, I want it to be good. I want it to be positive. What does that mean? Positive impact, not negative. Yeah, and what what is positive and what is not negative? Oh, good vibes, not bad vibes. I want it to be good vibes. I want to grow good things. Um, yeah, I want to be a good dad. Have good businesses, strong businesses. It it kind of sounds similar to, uh, similar to a few other really highly successful people that, that I know who have shared something kind of similar. I'm curious if you, if you agree, if this is what you mean, uh, they don't set goals for themselves. They set intentions. And then within those intentions, they then set goals. Wow. I would have to ponder that because those yeah. people must be far more successful than me. I'm write this down. <laughs> set intentions. Well, it, it's kind of like what, what I just heard you say 30 seconds ago, which is, you know, my, my intention, which I'm setting, is to have good vibes, to build something which is really good, to be a good dad. Those, those are intentions. They're not goals. They're not smart, specific, like they're not specific or measurable and necessarily achievable or realistic or time bound. They're just, that's what you want to do. That's what you're focused on. Mm. And that's then, true. That's like, that's like a high category of it. High category of it. It's, it's like a, it's a more abstract version of setting time specific, you know, stamps or, or goals. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is, I have I've met dads who are like, no, no, no. By by the time that my daughter is two years old, they're going to be able to do this and this and this and this and this. But an intuitive, you're an intuitive. That that'd break your brain. That'd break your spirit <laughs> for someone to actually be that specific. You'd be like, no, nah, it's more the abstract. <laughs> it's all. It's more like as long hang as my on, kids, as long on. as my kids doing better than your kid, then I'm happy. <laughs> so that's an abstract goal. So maybe this is more about personality. So, you, so you're more of an intuitive. I'm more of a sensory. So, like setting intentions, I'm like, mm, 
I've got the I've got wild specific goals with timelines to them. So I don't know. Maybe maybe your maybe your heroes are um, more intuitives. Maybe well, you're you're one of my heroes, Martin. So, so you can't. Oh, stop I've, it. I've already debunked that one. Look, I'm running out of batteries. <laughs> 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 I don't take kindly to compliments. No, no, that's, no that's, 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 okay. why, that's why you delete yourself. You're not anywhere. Uh, I'm not anywhere. I, I purposely tried to delete everything. So look, um, so setting intentions instead of goals, I reckon it's, I, I, I find it, I find I like specific goals with timelines and timestamps because it gives some accountability and you can, it's like KPIs. I'm more of a KPI than a, than a fuzzy wuzzy kind of guy. Does that and make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And we, we didn't even have a chance to, to chat about it, So hopefully your battery's not going to die yet. Uh, but I, I was curious about asking you about leadership. And so you run a team, you've got a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of different things. You've probably got consultants and advisors and everything on all your different projects and everywhere. Uh, how do you, how do you focus on then leading? Yeah, look, interesting. Am I organic? Am I hierarchical? Oh gosh. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes. <laughs> Honestly. You try and be hierarchical with artists when you're doing a collaboration. You try that. You try that on. See how you go. And you try and be organic in an engineering company when when certain things need to be ticked off and there actually is a chain of command. You try to be organic. Good luck with that. So yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, so, and so you kind of you kind of become whoever you need to be and adopt the style of whatever you need to do given the circumstance. Yes. And it's project wins. So it's all about the project. Mm. If the project needs me to disappear and not be a part of it, and that's best for the project, see boys and girls, I'm off. They are. If the project is failing and everybody needs me, I'll jump in and I'll work out a way to make sure that I'm not all my time not getting zapped, you know, completely sucked into this vortex of this death project. Get someone competent. Oh, we've got someone competent, you're beauty. All right, and competent. <laughs> so yes, and. You tr honestly, you, you, you try and put KPIs in an art context. You try and put, like, it just, you, it, you're not going to know. So how no do you way. find the right people for these projects? I've never met a stranger. I'll find them. Well, how, put, how, do you, okay. you, you, how do you choose the right people? You're not going to put me on Tristan. one of your art projects because please Tristan. don't put me on I'll one put of your Tristan. art projects. I've put your business partner on an art project. Yeah. Because I think he's the best, best guy. Yeah, and I mean, you put him on. You, you, yeah, you put him on a. You put him on a geeking out project. Not so much an art project. That's uh, perfect awesome. for him. Fantastic, perfect. The way I found, the, yeah. So, so that's how I did it. Awesome. And he's helping me with an art project. So it's NFTs. NFTs in art. No one really understands what's happening. Tristan does. Like, okay, help me, help me, help me out. And I don't mind. And, and it's funny. I don't like purposely look for. For unique people or strange you know people to fit different roles but if it could work why not like yeah i'm willing to try things and it fail I, I like i'm willing for tristan to come up with a whole bunch of solutions that i don't like and some of his some of his ideas are better than others some bits he didn't really understand the art world so i was like okay awesome some bits worked some bits didn't great awesome eat the meat spit out the bones no dramas i still like tristan and he tried really really hard awesome that means a lot Thank you, Tristan, if you're watching this video. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I suspect that that's a, that's a common theme for you in your life, right? Just throw, throw everything at the wall, see what sticks, go with that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I throw a lot against the wall. And I guess getting older, knowing um, when to keep throwing against the wall and going, you know what, I'm going to stop throwing against the wall. This one will do. And mm. moving on. Because it means that you, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't just keep throwing against the wall. Cool. On that note, before your battery disappears, I, it's I, a magic I can't phone. Have... It's still going. It's amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. I'm surprised you don't have a charger nearby. But anyway, um, who knows? Uh, kids, uh, look, I, I love this chat, Martin. Thank you so much for for sharing for sharing some of your mindset, your wisdom, your mindset, your perspective, uh, just everything about you and who you are. And uh, I feel like a lot of people who are going to listen to this are really going to enjoy it. Are really going to find a lot of value from it, even if you think that they won't. Uh, even if they just kind of, if they take that one one little moment of any time they're thinking, oh, maybe I just can't do it. Maybe I've started too late. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, then maybe you can't. Oh, there's heaps so, of there's heaps of inspirational stories about you know Colonel Sanders when he started KFC. But I I think it's less about when you start, and it's more about you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, I got this. I'm doing this. And as soon as you're like, oh, I can't because of this and, oh, you know, I can't because of that. Oh, but that person's got, like, I remember when I started running. So I started running pretty, like, started doing my kilometers. I, I kept calling myself Mountain Man because I had the body body shape of a powerlifter, okay? And Mountain Men can't run fast. Mountain Men can't run. And that was this idea I had to kill. I had to kill that idea. I had to look at myself in the mirror and go, you're not a mountain man. You are an athlete. You're gonna you're gonna run fast. You're gonna run really fast marathon. You're gonna do this. You're actually gonna do this, and you're gonna stay strong, and you're gonna run fast marathons. And it was funny because about a year in, my neighbor goes, "Your body shape's completely changed." I was like, "Huh?" And he goes, "Your body shape's completely changed." Like I that, at the age of forty, I didn't think you'd be able to change your body shape like that, but it has. And I, I'm actually I didn't I was I was really really surprised that it did. He goes, when did you notice that your body shape was changing? And I was like, oh, yeah, like probably a couple of months ago. He goes, yeah, it's changed. And I'm like, yeah, no. But the thing is, it was the mindset that came before the body shape changed. So that was an amazing conversation with Martin Budin. And unfortunately, it got cut short because his phone ran out of battery. And so as you were listening to it, you probably heard three attempts of me trying to wrap things up. And we just kind of kept chatting. He called me after that from his landline at work and we kept chatting for another 20, 30 minutes. It's amazing. A bit of a wrap up, a bit of a thought, thoughts of what we were talking about and all of that. And I just really wanted to stress what he was focusing on. And hope is not enough to get you anywhere. Hope means you don't have enough ambition. You don't believe that you can take, you can take something and then really make it happen. Hope means that, yeah. Maybe it'll work out, maybe it won't. It's not that important to you. And one of the reasons why Martin is so successful, in my opinion, is because he doesn't just hope that things will happen. He doesn't just, you know, have, you know, kind of like, let's just, maybe this will work out, maybe it won't. It's, I'm going to put my energy into something, it better be worth it. And I freaking love that perspective. I love the power in that message. And he lives it. He doesn't just say it, he lives it. So he's always got multiple things on the go and he doesn't just think outside the box for a few of his projects. He thinks outside the box for every single one of his projects and he's got heaps and he doesn't consider himself successful. Even though everyone else sees him up at this level, 
he doesn't consider himself to be up at that level because he's hanging around and he's in close proximity with other people who are so much more impactful, so much more powerful, so much more successful than he is. And so he doesn't see himself as successful. Isn't that crazy? I hope you enjoyed this episode of Success with Purpose. And I also hope that you feel capable to apply some of the perspectives and learnings from this episode in your own life. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe below. And until next time, live with purpose.